0: Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I'm your host, Brad, and I'm a beggar. I found the bread of life, Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua the Messiah. I want others to know where this bread may be found that they can focus on the important matters of life. This episode, Heavy is the Weight. Give a shout out to metalcore rockers Memphis May Fire on this one. Memphis May Fire out of Denton, Texas. And these guys grow on me more and more with every new track they release and every new album they create. Remade in Misery is their latest and it's my favorite of theirs. Lead singer Maddie Mullins has this really gentle voice that can kind of give you all the feels on one song. And then he ratchets it up a little bit for this grittier rock groove. And then he goes full next level with a metal growl with like the fierceness of a hungry bear locked in on its prey. If you've never listened to MMF, I suggest first of all, that you do check them out. And start with the song Somebody. It's off the Remade in Misery album, and it's a powerful jam about struggling with addiction. Really good tune there. Check that one out. Um, if you like a, a heavier vibe, check out the Only Human track featuring A.J. Channer of the band Fire from the Gods, and that song just goes hard channer brings this reggae metal fusion that is so indescribably cool you just have to check that out now the song heavy is the weight features hip-hop artist andy minio he drops a few bars on that song and i always appreciate bands that can stick to their core strength but are willing to bring in other influences even from other genres of music it's pretty cool and even brave Yep, hashtag brave. It's not about the music or the Memphis or the May, but maybe a little bit about the fire. It's definitely about the message, heavy is the weight. So I believe this may become a study series, Lord willing, but we'll see where it goes, where this leads. Um, Even when I do a series, though, I try to make each episode so that it can stand on its own. In case someone jumps in in the middle or at the end, they don't feel like they have to have heard all the other messages or episodes to get anything out of the current one. And so, also, folks listening to the first episode, as you may be doing right now, don't feel a sense of commitment like, "Oh no, if I listen to this i 'm obligated I my, obligating myself to listen to all the others?" Well, I hope you would listen to all the others, but I believe that Hashem has blessed me and led me to be able to bring a balance in that. So that, again, episodes have something in each one to take home. They can stand on their own. And they also blend together uh, when, when we do a series like that. And, of course, yes, I would hope that listening to one would create a hunger to hear the rest. At any rate, let's get on with this episode, Heavy is the Weight. We're going to start by looking at the words of our Master Yeshua the Messiah, in an exchange with some of the Pharisees. And so we'll begin in Matthew chapter 23, verses 23 and 24, and Yeshua is speaking. Woe to you, Torah scholars and Pharisees, hypocrites! You tithe mint and dill and cumin, yet you have neglected the weightier matters of Torah justice, and mercy, and faithfulness. It is necessary to do these things without neglecting the others. O blind guides straining out a gnat while swallowing a camel. Now, this statement, which Yeshua makes, is in the middle of him calling out the behaviors of some of the Pharisees. Yeshua straight up puts them on blast. And now, Before we get on our high horse and start with the whole Pharisees are so lame, dude. Yeah, they're the worst. Yeshua wasn't trying to give us people to hate. (laughs) He wasn't trying to give us bad guys in in the story here. He was not also, please take note, he was not condemning them for being Torah observant. May it never be. Yeshua said that not one pen stroke of the Torah would, would be done away with. That he came to fulfill the Torah. He did not come to abolish it. So, please, let's remember that. And the Pharisees, actually, their theology is aligned with that of Yeshua. He aligns with them in many areas of the faith. He even says to do as they say when they sit in the seat of Moses in the temple, and that our righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees. That's for another episode, perhaps. Lord willing, we'll see. What I do want to do, I want to take a look at the weightier matters of Torah, to which the Master Yeshua refers. It is important to note Yeshua did not say to the Pharisees to ignore the rest of Torah and only do justice, mercy, and faithfulness. He said it's necessary to do these things, the weightier matters, without neglecting the others. So this is not an either-or situation. This is a both-and scenario. I believe that there is absolutely a direct connection between what Yeshua is saying in this exchange and what Adonai said through the prophet Micah from Micah chapter six. He has told you humanity what is good and what Adonai is seeking from you only to practice justice, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That's from Micah chapter six, verse eight. So the prophet tells us what Adonai is seeking from us. What he desires from his people is to practice justice, is to love mercy and to humbly walk with Hashem, which is faithfulness. And in doing so is fulfilling the Torah. So there, what I see in the present day church, I see three distinct camps and, and hopefully a fourth. I, I do believe that there is a fourth camp in the, in the midst, but let, let's take a look at the three um, and how they, how they are distinguished or how I, am, I see them and distinguish them. So there are those who focus only on spiritual matters, the saving of souls, if you will. And obviously, evangelism and calling people to be reconciled to the Father through Yeshua is important. We are called, we are commanded to make disciples of our Master Yeshua. When this, when evangelism or the saving of souls gets to be the only focus, and we are not engaged in meeting tangible practical physical needs for this life and this present world we are not fulfilling all of the great commission we are not loving our neighbors as we love ourselves completely so that's one camp next there are those who focus only on meeting physical needs And again, this is absolutely something we should do. This is a noble cause. These are are wonderful things to do. This is a picture of how we love our neighbors as ourselves. We love ourselves enough to make sure that we have food, clothing, and shelter. So to do so for another human is loving them. To do this without addressing spiritual needs does not help the whole person. It meets an immediate need, most often a physical need in this present world, but it does nothing to prepare people for their portion in the coming kingdom. Third, the third camp are those who are so fixated on the finer points of the Torah that we ignore why we do them in the first place, which is, to reflect our love for Adonai Elohim, the Lord our God, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We can get so dialed in to let people know that we know the right number of strings and knots and the proper color thread for tassels, zitz, or we know precisely the time Shabbat actually begins. But we're not making disciples or meeting practical needs of others. And so this this last camp seems to fall in line with those uh, members of the Pharisees, which Yeshua was calling out. Are the things I mentioned important? The tassels, the zits, and Shabbat? Well, of course they are. They're in the Torah. And yes, Yeshua said we should not neglect the finer points of the Torah. So, because that does speak to faithfulness. Trying to be faithful to what Adonai wants us to do and how we are to live as his people. But to do those things while ignoring justice and mercy is not fulfilling the Torah. <coughs> so for the first group, which I mentioned, those focused on, on saving souls only, the spiritual matters, I believe James, the brother of our master Yeshua, addresses this in chapter two of his epistle. He wrote, If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in shalom, keep warm and well fed. But you do not give them what, they, what the body needs. What good is that? So also faith is if it does not have works, is dead by itself. I think, I think the brother of our master nutshelled that pretty well. We can't just be focused on the spiritual matters. We have to be involved in meeting the needs and loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. Otherwise, we have faith that is dead. Our faith is dead if we are not helping meet the needs of others. And I think of the words of Yeshua when he said, many will come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name and prophesy in your name? And he will say to them, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. Those are words no one wants to hear. I believe every believer and follower of Yeshua wants to hear the words he spoke of, well done, good and faithful servant. And so that's, that's part of what this is, the, the weightier matters of the Torah. Focused on all matters spiritual, while people around you are homeless or starving or in need of clothing, we can't do that. There is no mercy in what we do if we do not address physical needs in this we show favor if we if we do not do these things what we do is we show favor to the rich and we don't exercise equitable justice either often the withholding of anything from someone who is in need is also because the individual is concerned with building his or her own kingdom on earth it's because we're afraid of giving up some level degree of comfort in this life to give to someone else. We're afraid to live simply so that some can simply live. And thus we are unwilling to, to do what we have worked or to give what we have worked for to help someone who we perceive isn't doing all they can do to help themselves. And in this, we show that we do not recognize from whom our blessings flow, from whom all blessings flow. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. And in withholding from others, we because it's what we've earned, what we've made, what we generated, and we withhold it from others, we're not recognizing or acknowledging that our blessings come from Hashem. And we deny that it is Adonai who is in fact our provider. So to the group whose focus is, is feeding and meeting those physical needs, feeding the hungry, clothing the poor, and sheltering the homeless, once again, this is a noble thing. The point here is that spiritual matters do matter. Doing works of righteousness is most certainly vital in our faith. We can read that throughout the scripture. Our works, our deeds, they do matter. What we do. Reflecting love for our neighbors. Reflecting love for the Lord our God. Adonai Elohim with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. Doing these things, the works of righteousness... Helping others, meeting needs, does not absolve someone from being faithful to Adonai in the finer points of the Torah. It does not excuse us from walking humbly with our God, Adonai. If this is all we do, we are in many cases simply fattening people up for hell. This is why Yeshua said we must do the weightier matters without neglecting the finer points of the Torah. And again, the stressing of faithfulness. We must present the gospel. And I know a lot of people, they say, and in, in, uh, it's it's been attributed to Francis of Assisi, this, um, this the saying, and it goes something along the lines of uh, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. And my understanding is that Francis actually never said those words. But um, falling back on that, the thing is, we are always going to have to use words to preach the gospel, to tell people to repent. The kingdom is at hand the apostle paul said it in the book of romans how can they hear if no one preaches they can't is the point so we must we must do the gospel and we must preach the gospel and there are you know there are definitely some folks who can put a focus on their works which leans them towards feeling like they're earning their salvation apart from the grace of Hashem. And that's not a good thing. We must also remember the master's warning to not do our works of righteousness to be seen by others, essentially trying to draw attention to ourselves for what we're doing instead of giving the attention where it belongs to Hashem. And the third group, I believe Yeshua directly addresses in, in a couple of places, but certainly in the parable of the good neighbor or the good Samaritan. So let's read from Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. Now, a certain Torah lawyer stood up to entrap Yeshua saying, teacher, what should I do to gain eternal life? Then Yeshua said to him, what has been written in the Torah? How do you read it? And he replied, You shall love Adonai your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Yeshua said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But wanting to vindicate himself, he said to Yeshua, Then who is my neighbor? Yeshua replied, A certain man was going down from, Jer- from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was attacked by robbers who stripped him and beat him. Then they left, abandoning him as half dead. And by chance, a Kohan was going down that road. But when he saw the man, he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan who was traveling came upon him. And when he noticed the man, he felt compassion. He went up to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive oil and wine. Then, setting him on his own animal, he brought him to a lodge for travelers and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever else you spend upon my return, I will repay you myself. Which of these three seems to you a neighbor? To the one attacked by robbers and he said the one who showed mercy to him then yeshua said to him go and you do the same so this is a well-known and incredible lesson yeshua is teaching and there are many layers to it as there are with with the uh, most of the parables yeshua uh, yeshua taught but looking at the parable A man was beaten and robbed and left for dead. A priest of the temple and a Levite saw this victim and crossed to the other side of the road to avoid him. Well, Why would they do such a thing? I believe this was done so they would remain ritually pure. Priests and Levites have specific commands that they may not touch a corpse to do so makes makes anyone unclean. But for the priesthood, this would prevent them from performing their duties in the temple, which the people relied on. And it was their called purpose in their lives from Hashem. And there are specific things about even funeral attendance for uh, for Levites and for the priests. So this, this parable really is in line with what Uh, Rabbi Greenberg had explained to me about situations like this when he told me to save a life, one may set aside the Torah, meaning that the priest and the Levite should have tried to save the man's life, even if it would have made them unclean and ritually impure to save a life. And this goes this goes incredibly deep and i'm not sure I'm not sure if I shared the the rest of the depth with that I, I think I've touched on this in the past but there, there's more to that but I'll stay on task at the moment here um but, but this is also in line with how Yeshua challenged the Pharisees who accused him of breaking Shabbat the Sabbath when he was healing people on it. He asked them which one of them wouldn't help their neighbor if their donkey fell in a ditch on Shabbat. The point being, yes, the Shabbat is important, but we should not allow people to suffer through it to ensure our own obedience of the command to observe it. If someone is in need, if someone is suffering, we are to help that person. So, Again, and this goes, I've been speaking of the, the third camp that I've identified, which is those who have a tendency to focus more on the finer points of things and not seeing the weightier matters of the Torah. So doing the weightier matters of Torah is really all-encompassing. And I'm hoping, praying, that a fourth camp will become the dominant camp in all of these things, which is doing the weightier matters of Torah and not neglecting or ignoring the finer points. We should seek equal justice for all people. And I, listen, I know that there's a lot of talk of social justice in our society. And I'm not certain that every case that is called social justice is actually the justice being referred to in scripture. But, that is not to negate the importance of, of matters of social justice. Ensuring justice is measured out evenly and equally. Loving mercy. Caring for the poor, needy, widows and orphans. And practicing faithfulness to our God and King. Working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. This is who we are called to be. And I know, I know for myself that uh, I've had a calling from Hashem, from and I've known this from early on in my walk in faith. But I haven't known, and I'm still learning some things. You know exactly how it would look or what I was to do. And I honestly thought for many years that eventually you know, I was working working in a career in in the auto industry, and I thought you know eventually. Um, the, the doors would open up and I'd get to a place where I would be on staff with a church in some capacity and that I would be, you know, a, a pastor or a teacher vocationally, that that would become my job. Um, you know, and I've, I have been on staff with a couple of churches, never vocationally. I've served voluntarily and in in each case, my thought was, well, maybe this is, going to lead to, you know, a paid position in ministry where I come and I'm able to do this full time. Over time, I slowly changed my thinking on doing ministry for pay and for myself. I'm going to put it out there this way, doing doing this for myself. My, my thoughts have changed on this and I'm not saying that it's wrong. But there's there's a difference certainly between what the temple priests do, um, and and what pastors, elders, teachers, evangelists, and deacons, etc. do. There is there is a distinct difference. Um, but in any event, as I continued to seek Adonai for how I could serve Him, because my heart was I just wanted to do something where I could serve Him. I didn't want to spend my days. Um, you know doing things that I, that I felt like were in a lot of ways unfruitful you know I in whatever whatever a person does in a job that is your mission field and so I know that that Adonai has used me throughout the years in any of my jobs and I'm grateful and I am blessed to have been used by him as a reflection of his light and love as a minister of the gospel in whatever I have done but my my um my focus was trying to find a way how I could serve him in 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 a way vocationally ministering to people outside of the walls of a church building and he opened up an unexpected door for me where i can i get the opportunity to help with justice with mercy and faithfulness while not Neglecting the finer points of the Torah. And I am so grateful. I can honestly say that there's nothing I can think of w- within a church setting that could compare with fulfilling my God given purpose in working with men and women who struggle with addiction. It is so incredibly humbling. It's something that I have just grown passionate about doing. I love what I do. It is incredibly challenging. But it's, it's also so rewarding. And just being able to see individuals grow from... Seeds of the word of God planted into their lives, getting them to start to see their, their value and their worth because of who created them and the price he paid to have them in his life. Being able to do that and to be able to help people to, to develop and improve their own quality of life in this present world. I'm just... I'm, I'm blessed is all I can say. I'm so grateful. And I, I hope and pray that I will always seek to honor Hashem as I do this, this work that I would point people to him through the Messiah Yeshua in all that I do and say, it is, it's humbling to be involved in people's lives and again, working to meet basic needs, and being able to reflect the light, love, righteousness, and mercy of El Elyon, God Most High, to individuals through the Messiah Yeshua. Doing this has really brought a new degree of balance in my life with the weightier matters and finer points of the Torah. Baruch Hashem, bless the name. Even in this I can have a tendency to swing the pendulum to one side or another and sometimes getting bogged down in the finer points, distracting myself from justice, mercy and faithfulness. But, but I'm getting closer. Praise Adonai. Praise Adonai. And I believe what we really need to do is focus on the words and teachings of Yeshua. And I firmly believe if all, All we had was the Tanakh, the Torah, the prophets, and the writings, the Old Testament Hebrew Hebrew scriptures. If we had that and the Gospels, we would all be more focused on doing the word of Adonai, on obedience and fulfilling all aspects of the Torah, the weightier matters as well as the finer points. We would all be to use a, a kind of a negative word, if 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 we read and heed the teachings of our Master Yeshua, we would all be more legalistic, to be honest with you. We would. And I know we have the epistles for a reason, and I know that they are there for a valid reason, a very good reason. Um, and I'm grateful that we have them, but... They, unfortunately, have been twisted to distract people from the Torah and even from the teachings of Yeshua. So I believe that more of the upcoming episodes, whether whether it be a study series or not, more of the upcoming episodes, I believe, will be directed towards the words and teachings of our Master Yeshua. As the Apostle Peter said to him, you have the words of eternal life. Yeshua told Martha, who was fretting over, uh, over work, doing busy work and trying to get all th- kinds of things prepared. And she was fretting and o- over these things. And Yeshua tells her that her sister, Miriam, was doing the most beneficial thing. Sitting at the feet of the master and hearing his words, that she could then go and do his words. Listen and obey. To hear means to heed, which is to do what we are told. And Daniel Lancaster, in his latest uh, teaching, he posed the question, if we were able to ask the gospel writers... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is more important, that we listen and do the teachings of the Master, Yeshua, or that we believe in his death for the forgiveness of sins? And so, obviously, both of those things are important. But the point being that the teachings of Yeshua his teachings were the main focal point. They are of each of the Gospels, read them. It's, it's about his teachings. That's what's in there, his words. And, and the same is true all throughout the first and second and even third century where that was the focus, was the teachings of the master, Yeshua. And then at some point there was, there was a shift. And it turns to to other things and other matters. So, yes, we we need to know what our master said. If we're disciples of his, we need to know what he said, what he taught. And we need to do with all that we are able, we need to live it. And Baruch Hashem, he has given us the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, that we can do these things because of him. Hallelujah. So please study to show yourself approved of God. We are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling and to take others along with us. There is a lost world dying of starvation. We need to tell them where to find the bread of life, the Messiah, Yeshua. So let's go out and give them heaven. And until next time, may the favor of our master, Yeshua, the Messiah, the favor which he found in the eyes of the father, be upon you, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, be to you in Yeshua. Grace and peace. Kain Shalom.